0: Well, we know that Lawrence isn't on social media. Well, if he was under 30, that would be suspicious, but he's not. But in an article about his wife's death, it mentions that they were both members of the Rambling Club. They have a social media page. Nice! And who's that? It's Lawrence and his wife. And who's he got his arm round? Wonky Ewan! talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street
1: talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 241 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial and Street catch-up podcast that was surprised by Lawrence's meta-insights about Sean this week and half expected him to ask why Gary got away with killing Rana, why Billy forgave Todd off-screen, and where the fuck is Healy's coat? I'm Gavin. And I'm coming to you live from WKRP in Cincinnati. (laughs) We are spinning the hits. (laughs) With Alex Jones. (laughs) On the AM dial. On the low end of the dial. <laughs> the dusty end. You should explain what that's all about.
1: Tomorrow morning, I will be interviewed live on a television show.
0: Television, television show? show? radio show. See, this Oof, why I'm so just scared. Just it up far too much.
1: <laughs> on a radio show about books.
0: There are such things as radio shows about books.
1: Yes, yes. And talking about the, the auction that I curated at work. The 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 rare book and paper auction, which is, is doing quite well. Thank you very much for asking.
0: So how did this come about?
1: When I first started working for
0: Epic. That sounds like I'm asking that question and I kind of interviewer. Right. Take way off asking a question just to sort of glean the information from right. you for our audience. <laughs> but I genuinely want to know as well.
1: <laughs> when I first started working for Epic and working on the book auction, I was... Um, Thinking about ways to promote it, um, because we had done a um, a movie poster auction that hadn't done quite as well as as Brad had hoped. So I'm like, How Brad's your boss? Yes,
0: not Brad Pitt. Yeah, no. <laughs> more he, he was also disappointed, <laughs> but for different reasons.
1: More's the pity. Actually, I shouldn't say that considering anyway, Brad Pitt may be problematic, but anyway. Um so you know I I do belong to a number of Facebook groups but I didn't really belong to any book groups well not I belong to a number of author groups but not like rare book groups so I joined a couple and one of them just happened to have uh one of the administrators of the group um does this radio show so when I introduced myself and said that I was working on this auction he asked me to be on his radio show.
0: This radio show is based in Miami, Miami, Florida. Yes.
1: Yes. He's in Miami. The actual studio, I believe, is in St. Pete's. Huh. So lots lots of radio waves jumping back and forth between mid Michigan and
0: I imagine Southern Florida. A satellite or two may be involved.
1: One would hope. Mm hmm well that's exciting it's very exciting you know and i've I've talked to this guy a couple of times we've talked on the phone a couple of times and everything he seems very lovely he's in his 70s but you know he's been doing this for for a long time and stuff and and uh yeah and i just i kind of love talking about this sort of thing because i love books as and i love working our, with our, books as
0: our talk of the street audience knows
1: yes and uh, I love every aspect of books.
0: So the chances are, dear listener, by the time you get to listen to this, the interview will have been and gone. Yes. But this will be posted a number of hours before you do this. Right. So how and where can people hear this?
1: Bucks on the Bookshelf is the name of the show. And you can find it on WDBFradio.com and wdbf dot fm
0: that's oh, on the fm dial as well yes or has fm in the title
1: right well yeah that's the the website <laughs> right you know instead of dot com it's dot yeah. fm yeah, so. and uh yeah i should be live on the radio around 10 25 a.m tomorrow morning i don't know what time that is in the united kingdom
0: that's, uh, or canada well it depends where you are in canada but right. it's the back of three o'clock in the afternoon in, oh, in the UK. So. so
1: folks in the UK can listen on the website.
0: They can. So yes. Yeah. So that's do, quite exciting. do
1: that if you would like. And then in April, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a guest host on a, on a horror podcast talking about Dawn of the Dead and other George Romero films that I love just in time for Easter. The best time to talk about zombies.
0: They have risen.
1: They have risen indeed. There you go. I'm a Christian, I can make that joke.
0: And no, I can just make that joke. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Shall we preamble medea? How was your week? Yeah, it was fine. Shall we <laughs> preamble <play Abel Medea? laughs> you? Yes, please. Give us some of that megahertz in News. <laughs>
1: Former Cory star, Victoria Ekonoye, celebrated her son Theo's second birthday and her own 41st a year after having a double mastectomy due to breast cancer. So it seems wow. like the double mastectomy has worked and, and she seems happy and, and healthy and Theo is adorable I and I just, stuff. I wish her all the best. Absolutely. I really, I really loved her on the show and kind of miss her. Another star of the stage will soon be joining the Cobbles. I'm a celeb alum and musical star Ruthie Henschel hinted on Instagram she'll be playing a character named Estelle on the show, who I can only assume is modeled after our daughter. <laughs> she'll be playing our daughter on Coronation Street. So I hope she has a very healthy hat and vest collection.
0: God help everyone involved. <laughs>
1: And finally, mazel to Lucy Fallon and Muzzled. her partner, Ryan Ledson, on the birth of their first child, a hey, baby boy. Did we know she was pregnant? We did. Did we? I think we, when t- we talked about it because when she released the information in September, we talked about it because initially they were very cautious about it because she had just had a miscarriage beforehand.
0: Oh, why do I remember nothing about this?
1: That's... Par for the course, my darling. Yeah, Par guess. for the course. Just ask Dev.
0: And that's Corey News. <laughs> that's Cory News. Well, a smuggish board <laughs> of information about former and yet to be Cory stars.
1: Correct. It was either that or we talk about all the speculation about who Stephen's going to murder next. And I don't want to talk about that.
0: Who do you think Stephen's going to murder next? I don't think he's gonna murder anyone else. I think that's it. I think he's done. Or is he?
1: It's possible he might cause the death of someone else through meddling. Ah. But
0: he has we'll his sights set on Carl, I think, at the end of this week. Absolutely. But we'll get to that. We will get to that much much later. Oh no. And that brings us quite neatly on to World Podcast for Coffee. Thank you to Joe T for our coffees this week.
1: Thank you, Joe. Joe bought us a cup of Joe.
0: And his initial is T.
1: Oh. Unfortunately, if only neither his
0: middle name was Coco <laughs> or hot chocolate. Maybe it's who knows. Who knows? Thank you to Joe T. He says, "Hi guys, sending you both some long overdue coffees. Thanks for your dedication to the show and to the podcast. It's very much appreciated. Well, your donation to our coffee fund is also very much appreciated. Absolutely, Joe, thank yes, you. This is why we so do much. it. Yep, the talk of the street is and will always be free on your podcast provider and on the YouTube's. Don't forget the YouTubes.
1: Don't forget <clears throat> the YouTubes, even though we don't do that YouTube segment anymore. Thank God. Because <laughs> I hated the theme song.
0: Yeah, that's now another section that we don't do. <laughs> <clears throat> but if you think our show is worth anything more than the time it takes to listen to it, and if you want to show your appreciation, you can buy us next week's coffee by going to kofi.com that's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street, and we'll be very appreciative just like we are for Joe T this week absolutely and just a reminder because i think i forgot to mention this last week mm-hmm. if you buy a coffee in the next few weeks for us mm-hmm. i will reach out to you afterwards and say do you want a copy of my book yes because i still have like half a dozen copies kicking about
1: Ooh.
0: that if you want a copy i will happily send you a copy if ah. you don't want a copy that's, that's fine absolutely too. absolutely fine as well don't feel like i'm bullying you into it mm. you can Easily ignore my email or Absolutely. just say no, thank you very much. You would rather it went to someone else. <laughs> uh-huh. So, just a, just as a reminder. Yes. And now this.
1: No, now, not
0: that. Well, that's a YouTube thing that you were talking about. <laughs> you did that on purpose, didn't you? Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> and now this. A welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Last Tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about Pipe Bomb Through Their Cat Flap. It's a pipe bomb!
1: I'm.
0: Just- <laughs> that's <laughs> <Whenever a>, it- <laughs> that Mickey Mouse cartoon that I must have missed.
1: No, it's from... Remember there used to be that Harry Potter puppet show on YouTube and they did a thing where there was a ticking pipe bomb and they sang the song, Snape, Snape, Severus, Snape... Door. nope no okay well that's a quote because it's the Ron Weasley said it's a pipe bomb
0: there was a guy at my school who took uh, four thick wooden dowlings it's mm-hmm. so like legs of chairs kind of thing right taped them together and stuck an old-fashioned alarm clock on the front of it uh-huh. and hid it in one of the boys toilet cubicles
1: oh hilarious
0: school was evacuated he really was a- he was expelled
1: <laughs> Ron Weasley's in that Knock in the Cabin movie that we haven't seen yet Ron Weasley I thought that was him in the trailer yeah then it's him eh, good for him
0: <laughs> apparently the movie's a piece of shit but anyway the pipe bone through the cat flap
1: yes yes it was Ron Weasley on the street
0: that's right this was Adam worried about the vandalism he was enduring from an unknown source and predicted what would happen next He'd get a pipe bomb through his car flap, Mm. but not like that. I was gathering you were celebrating the 10th year of our engagement.
1: Yes, it is the 11th year of our engagement this year.
0: impeccable arithmetic. (laughs) During that story, we reminisced about your mum either driving to the wrong airport or to the wrong Boston. (laughs) To the wrong terminal, I believe. Mm. No, she was on the wrong interstate. I didn't know if I would applaud a couple getting engaged in public, and I'm still not sure. And we were saddened that Alexandra Mardell had announced her departure from the show. After minor complications, Kelly is easing back into life at the Rose Gold Flat, but then Laura turns up with a claim that threatens to unsettle everyone again. That was a cancer claim, wasn't it? Yes. Daniel's conscience begins to get the better of him as the school's decision about Max's future looms. Fallout from Asher's decision to skip the university open day in Glasgow forces her and Nina to assess the effect Nina's mental state may have on their relationship. Mystery surrounding Amy's new boyfriend drives Tracy to distraction as her eighteenth birthday celebrations result in Steve sitting on an unexpected and uninvited guest. That was Jacob. Jacob. That hey. was a year ago. Yeah. Sally's plans to spoil Tim's afternoon with his mum backfires as the movie of choice makes him reflect on the importance of blood relations and making up for lost time. Adam is on the receiving end of some strong-armed intimidation tactics and is quick to assume that the loser of a boundary dispute is behind it all. Mm. It wasn't, it was Lydia. No. Gail shoots hoops. Everyone ignores Kirk's cries for help. (laughs) And Carla just wants someone to do some work. Her moment of the week was Stephen Tim's declaration of love for each other. And her boring moment of the week was homeless June Kelly's 90th conversation about how they'd got themselves back on their feet. And that was Condition Street. And also the talk of the street. This time last year. Wow.
1: Carla still can't get anybody to do any work in the nope, factory. Not oh, for her anyway.
0: No, nope. <laughs> They're all happy to do work for other people. Right. but Just not for her. Shall we dive in, my dear? y'all please. Our first storyline tonight is Cocaine Bistro. This is about that time cocaine that the bear. bistro found a package of cocaine in the woods, took it and then leapt at our ambulance.
1: Right, and fed it to a bear. <laughs> Even though there, there are no bears in the UK, are there? Not anymore.
0: Yeah, there's probably bears.
1: Are there bears?
0: I don't know. There might be some bears in Scotland.
1: That's true. I know there's one big bear I know. in Scotland. I know quite a <laughs> and few that's my bears. Stoopsy. I know quite a few bears in Scotland. <laughs> if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, it's the same as what I mean.
1: Monday- I took a bear out of Scotland.
0: <laughs> On Monday then. <laughs> at the flat, Nick is trying to appease Leanne with eggs. She cannot be appeased with eggs. No. Sam can be appeased with eggs. And he is worried that Leanne is still angry at him he points out Nick that is points out that bitches be crazy and says that he's the one in the shit books again at the bistro Leanne's been cleaning a table which reminds her of a scene from Bugsy Malone and she's more reflective as she talks to Nick about their hopes and dreams for the place Ryan comes in to announce the arrival of an unexpected delivery so Nick tells Leanne Leanne, to go home and just stay out of this stay out of trouble which to her credit she does yes Nick deals with the delivery. It was kind of her idea. <laughs> and calls Damon to let him know. He's in the Rovers having his date with Dee from last week. Mm. Dee is talking American to impress him and then fucks off for a shite.
1: Yeah, she says restroom and he gives her a hard time for it.
0: Right. My friends would give me a hard time for that.
1: I've never heard you say restroom in your life.
0: I say bathroom now, I think. Yes,
1: yes, bathrooms.
0: I do not say toilet though, which is what I would probably say in the UK. Hmm. Restroom. Toilet is so obscene after all. Yes. Damon answers a call and tells Nick about a change in plan. The stuff won't be picked up until tomorrow. And then we see some shady characters in a car outside the bistro with guns. And they've got guns and they're putting some black leather gloves on. Whoa! oh. Seems to have a leather fetish, which is absolutely fine.
1: It's absolutely fine. Look it's at Bane. Look at Bane.
0: Damon and Didi. Don't look at Bane. <laughs> Catwoman. Damon and Dee Dee are was that more rubber?
1: Latex. Mm.
0: <laughs> Either way it's fine. Damon and Dee Dee. And water sports if you want, you know that's fine. Yeah. If that's what you're into.
1: Right, yeah, like Aquaman. So,
0: so long as it's all consensual.
1: All of I'm DC. I'm not about is, to
0: yuck anybody's young here.
1: All of DC comics is just one big kink.
0: Damon and Dee Dee are still on the rovers. Nick comes in and Damon meets him at the bar. They go outside and Nick is his pants. He needs the drugs moved, but Damon puts the kibosh on that. He doesn't get his hands dirty, so nothing will be moving nowhere, no how.
1: That's that's a bit rich, isn't it? Uh, I don't get my hands dirty. It's your fucking drugs, mm-hmm. asshole.
0: Right for just because. Move it. What Nick says with his eyes. Hmm. Sam arrives at the bistro and takes a seat at a booth as he waits on Nick. When Johnny and Scott from a couple of years ago burst in. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant to have the the miserable music again. But, oh well, never mind. And they demand from Ryan to hand over the drugs and, uh, Ryan... and they're armed. I think they're carrying Glock nine millimeters. Ooh. Which is the gun that my friend Brad let me shoot.
1: Yeah, not my Brad though. No. Different Brad with guns.
0: It's America. There's more than one Brad. <laughs>
1: and more than one gun. <laughs>
0: I think we might have just stumbled onto a problem oh. <laughs> Sam calls Nick and there's the sound of a gunshot Nick, Leanne and Damon all sprint to the bistro where Ryan is remarkably calm for a man with a gun pointed at him right. he denies the existence of any drugs and insists that these guys have got the wrong place Nick and Leanne burst in and they're ushered over to sit with Sam and while the gunmen are distracted Damon launches himself out of the kitchen takes the gunman out And the two of them flee through the back while Damon is in hot pursuit. Everyone is safe. It was the bar that they shot?
1: The wall behind Ryan. Was it? So it was like a warning shot.
0: I see. Ryan, still pretty calm considering, goes off to call the cops. Damon comes back from chasing the blokes and seems to have some bloody knuckles. He claims that he's dealt with it. And when the police arrive, Damon tells Nick to play dumb, not to worry about the drugs. So... Nick has questioned about the gunmen from the police and why they were asking for drugs. Damon has given Nick the stink eye over the copper shoulder. So Nick says that they must have made a mistake. Right. What a great excuse that was.
1: It's a different bistro. Hmm. The cops do not seem fooled, though.
0: Well, I had something in mind as this is going down. I mm-hmm. thought they're never going to address this, but they did. So let's, let's continue. Yes. So they ask him about that time that the sniffer dogs arrived about a month ago. This is a bit right. thought they were never going to mention. And ask if Jacob Hay was involved in anything. Involved in what, says Nick, because the sniffer dogs didn't find anything that time. But then the cops finally notice Damon sitting in the corner looking like butter wouldn't melt. Right. And the cops know who he is. Absolutely. Nick explains that Damon helped them financially but isn't involved in the business. They bring the sniffer dogs in again, and Nick is asked to unlock a cupboard in the kitchen, but again, it's, it's empty. empty.
1: Right. It smells like drugs,
0: though. For the second time, it smells like drugs, but it's empty.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I wonder if you'd get forensics in for that. Probably. Rather than just being the dumb keystone cops that are looking in saying, well, like, well, no, I guess it's well, empty, so there's nothing there. Well, I don't know. The dog's dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd get, you'd absolutely. But the first
0: dog was retiring.
1: Right. This you, was a new dog. Right. You'd absolutely get forensics in there.
0: I think so. Anyway, plot says that that couldn't happen.
1: Were you kind of? Were you kind of stunned by the way the cops came into the bistro?
0: A little bit. They were a little. Because they
1: stormed in, they had guns drawn and were pointing
0: guns at people, including Sam. Right. Tell him to get his hands up.
1: Right. I was shocked by that. Yeah, we Because. Was kind of shocking, I guess. because this show is not set in America. In America, that makes sense.
0: Well, they don't know who the gunmen are and who the gunmen aren't.
1: Well, Riot, the gunmen had fled already. But they didn't know that. They should have because Ryan called them after they'd fled. So you'd think that Ryan would have said, they fled, they're not here anymore.
0: No, I'm going to, I'm going to give them the, the benefit of this because I remember the time the last time that the bistro was held what was it the the bistro that was held hostage because roy came out and said it's okay the gunman has been i can't remember exactly what it was but roy said look everything's fine Uh and the police went oh well okay if roy says everything's fine right and i thought that's a kind of why are you taking roy's word for this and you don't know who roy is well, Craig knows So who this he is. feels like at least they were erring on the side of caution. But yeah, they were very, very aggressive as they came in.
1: Very aggressive.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's like here when when there's a. Well, that's the when thing. There's a lockdown at school, and the, the kids have like to here. come out with their hands on their heads and stuff. Right.
1: Yeah, because they could be shot if they don't. Mm. Because the gunman is typically a kid. Right. But,
0: well, this felt but, like it was a similar thing.
1: Uh, yeah, but. It's a different country, and it's a country with fewer guns. I don't know. It really shocked me.
0: Outside, later, it's all died down. Damon grabs Nick, and for someone who doesn't get his hands dirty, Damon sure does have his hands dirty. He admits about the slight turf war that he's involved in, but it's sorted and it's nothing to worry about. Nick is furious that his son could have got shot and Damon seems to take this to heart for a moment before handing the package over to Nick for him to look after for a few hours and then he's going to be out of their hair for good. It's weird that the most trustworthy person Damon has in his life to look after the, these drugs is Nick. Right. Damon with doesn't his he network have, of right, suppliers doesn't he and have, stuff, right.
1: Doesn't he have people under him? If he doesn't have people under him why did he get rid of Jacob?
0: He's bound to have people under him because he could order the hit on Harvey in the prison.
1: Right. Yeah. So so where are these other people? At least with Harvey, we saw some of his other people.
0: And where is Sharon?
1: Yeah, exactly. They couldn't afford to get her back. That's where Shannon <laughs> Sharon
0: her, is. Couldn't afford her ticket back from the. Is she in the US now? I'm not sure.
1: She did Wasn't go back. She? To,
0: she did go back to the US briefly, at least. Right. After, after she left, Corey the last time.
1: Right. I think she might still be here. Or in Australia? Did she go to Australia? I don't think so. Somebody else. Somebody else left the show and went to Australia.
0: You're thinking of. I'm Emma. not
1: thinking of Emma. <laughs> I think she's thinking of Emma. I'm not thinking of Emma.
0: But yeah, do you think they would have someone that would, or it would at
1: least mention Sharon? Because
0: look at Nick. Yeah, he's he has a, the expression of a man who is permanently shitting himself. Right. Is that who you want to? To give your, your 50 no. grand's worth of product to hold on to.
1: It kind of... It Especially kind of, what
0: happened the last time.
1: It kind of makes me feel like this whole thing is just... Damon gets a hard-on for, for power <laughs> and for, <laughs> for m- getting, making people look like they're going to shit themselves. He's
0: got a thing for losing drugs and getting, right. it's short, and getting other people it's, arrested.
1: It's short man syndrome. And let's be honest, Nick is the tallest person there. So
0: Well, true. At home, Leanne comes in, relieved that everything is now over, and the drugs are gone. What are they? Nick looks guilty and has to explain that the drugs are currently in his underpants. <laughs> then they get a late night visit from Damon. They think he's there to pick up the drugs, but he's actually there to drop off a set of decks for Sam, by way of an apology. This right here is totally fucked up, says Leanne. Yes. And I thought and it was a weird, a weird end to the episode where, you, where everyone thinks he's there to pick up the drugs. But in actual fact, he's there to drop off a present for Sam. Right. Yeah, it was weird. It's a kind of, he's got a kind of dual personality thing going on here. He has this supposed hardened drug kingpin, but also he kind of likes the kid.
1: Right. And yet he's a shit dad to his own kid. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I think that's because Jacob was just a massive disappointment.
1: Right, because he flushed drugs down the toilet.
0: That didn't help. On Wednesday. So now it's
1: cocaine fish we need to worry about.
0: (laughs) Cooking Johnny (laughs) Oh no, Johnny's jumping at an ambulance. On Wednesday. Zombie
1: Johnny jumps in an ambulance.
0: (laughs) Leanne is up early, sitting in a permanent state of readiness. Sam apparently set up the decks in the middle of the night. The atmosphere is frosty between Leanne and Nick. She tells him to play on Damon's weak spot of Sam and tell him to pick up his fucking drugs pronto or they're getting flushed. <laughs> At the bus stop with Leanne, Sam was confused again about why people do bad things. By passing Adam, a solicitor no less, explains that people in general are awful, and the less <laughs> everyone has to do with everyone else, the better it'll be for everyone.
1: He's not wrong.
0: Then PC Tinker's in the bistro explaining to everyone that two suspects have been caught for the robbery or the attempted robbery yesterday. He wants to clarify a few things with Nick, but Nick is out in the boot. PC Tinker is confident that the suspects will get charged thanks to DNA, which he says can pin anyone to anything. Well, that had me worried. (laughs) We can pin anything on anyone, thanks to the magic of DNA. DNA. Leanne gets on the blower. And uh, I like that. To Nick and tells him to get this shit sorted out with Damon. So Nick finally gets a hold of... uh, Damon on the phone and tells him to pick up his property or he can sieve it out of the Victoria Court sewage pipe. Damon doesn't take kindly to this, but knows that Nick ain't bluffing. And I'm wondering, did Nick ask permission from Leanne to borrow her balls before he made this phone call to to Damon? Because Leanne seems to be the only one who's capable of handling this.
1: Well, she's the one who told him to do this, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, Use use his weakness for Sam.
0: Mm. And which... To be fair, Nikki does. He says yeah, that it's very smart. my kid was cowering under a table, can't right. sleep, getting panic attacks, right. and all that sort of stuff.
1: Which isn't necessarily true, but that's fine.
0: It's no fault. It's not true of, of Sam. No. It is true of, of Ryan. Oh. Who is in the office and is a blubbering wreck.
1: Well, he he had a gun pointed at him.
0: I really love this because yeah. on the Monday I'm complaining that Ryan's taking us all in his stride a little bit too much. Right, absolutely. But the excitement of yesterday has caught up with Ryan and he's had a moment of clarity about his life and his relationship with Alia and his old plans that he had for setting himself up in Ibiza and right. he's fucked it all up. Yes, he has. He's destined to die a waiter in Weatherfield. Alone. About 10 feet away from where he was born. So near Wendy Neeson's vagina then. <laughs> oh no. But, Seen him kind of break down a little bit because he was what's he, he was sitting in the in the office and Liam walks in and he gets the of his life because mm-hmm. he's just so tense and he's so on edge and I thought it's kind of rare for them to show that kind of PTSD sort of aspect of right. what he's gone through like, like you're right especially he, in a man he's had a gun pointed at him
1: right that gun went off. He thought he was going to die, but mm-hmm. the guy hit the wall instead,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it went off fairly close to him.
0: So we saw him, the first thing he's doing after that is he's thinking very rationally, I'm going to call the police and I'm going mm-hmm. to get this, you know, I'm going to follow the process that I have in my head for right. how someone deals with this sort of thing. Yes. But after the dust has kind of settled, he's realised it's, real, it's really affected them. Yeah, yeah, I, as I, I imagine, almost died. It would have. So I thought that was really well done. Yes. Damon appears at Nick's and picks up the package from the breakfast counter. Damon seems more concerned with setting up the decks properly for Sam, who he rather likes. He wants to see a video of Sam spinning some tracks later. He takes the package down to his car, sticks it in the trunk, and is about to drive away. PC Tinker and his big boy police car arrives and arrests Damon for drugs. Dum-dum-dum. Leanne when she goes up to the flat, is furious that Nick grassed up Damon right outside the flat because now they're fucked and she goes about cleaning the flat with wet wipes to get rid of all the drug traces for when Damon inevitably grasses them up to the cops.
1: Yes. And Nick's point is,
0: he's going to know it was me anyway. Right. No matter when it happens.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and even if it wasn't him, he would assume it was him. And see, Nick grew up differently than Leanne as far as the whole I ain't no grass thing is concerned.
0: Right. Later, PC Tinker is back at the bistro and he wants to speak to Leanne and Nick at the station. He needs to get details about Damon, who is refusing to speak from them so they can strengthen their case. They both look surprised when Craig announces that Damon and Harvey are brothers. What? What?
1: Well, actually, stepbrothers.
0: Brothers, you say? Tinker doesn't pick up on this rather obvious discomfort of the questioning and the prospect of more. But it must go well at the station because they're back in the flat recapping that they didn't know anything so didn't really say anything. Sam is curious why Damon was arrested and when they explain he's a drug dealer and related to Harvey, Sam goes raj and pushes over the decks. Yes, he does. He wants to know if Leanne and Nick knew about Damon's character and when Nick admits that he's known for a few days, longer than Leanne's known, Sam no longer wants Nick to stay with him says it's too dangerous, and so throws Nick out of his own flat.
1: Which was brilliant. I love that part. I love that part, yeah. It was good.
0: Because I was like, really? (laughs) Nick's going to to do this? Just because he's... That's what voice says. Get out of of your flat. Yeah. Well, you fucking go, if you're so concerned. No. You find somewhere else to stay. This is my flat.
1: No, no, he's... He considers the fact that here's this kid who's just now finally gotten closure for the shooting of his mother and the death of his mother. Mm -hmm. And here Nick is dragging all of the stuff back in to the house. And we knew Nick even before then was feeling guilty about all of this. So I'm not surprised that he was like, all right, I'll go sleep on my mom's couch.
0: It's almost like this was a really, really bad idea. Hmm. Getting the money from, from Harvey in the first place.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: I quite liked how Sam wanted to get closure with Damon next. With well, right. people down to the station to speak to Damon. Yeah. And they're
1: like, a, no, you cannot do this.
0: <laughs> he's got the taste for uh, right. speaking with drug kingpins. Right. On Friday at the Bistro, Leanne comes in with a redone rotor that means that they won't have to work together. And this was... A little bit of a surprise for me as well because I thought I thought it was Sam that was ultimately the one that was pissed off at Nick, right? And Leon had just either kind of let it she, go. Yeah, or she kind
1: of has to stay.
0: But by redoing the rotors so they don't have to work together, she seems to be like causing a a separate a further separation between yeah. the two of them.
1: Well, we've known for. Ever since she found out she's been really pissed at Nick. So it kinda seems like this whole Sam thing has given her an excuse to further separate from him.
0: It's just odd that they haven't come out and explicitly said that that Leah well, Leanne wants him out. Yeah. But seem to want him out of the flat anyway. Right. Because of Sam. Right. Not because of what she thinks herself. Right. And she's well entitled to feel this exactly the same way.
1: Right. Yeah. She's kind of piggybacking on
0: because it. Because Harvey Yeah, was trying to murder her But was trying to kill her, yeah (coughs) Nick wants to extend a branch to Sam But Leanne thinks it's too early After all the betrayal Then Didi comes in looking for Damon So Leanne brutally breaks the news He's a bastard drug dealer Didi realises that she's been stood up by a drug dealer Yes And that seems to make it all right. Being stood up Right, yes Then later, Hope and Sam are chatting about the events from the bistro holdup. Not that one, or that one. No, this one. one. Sam explains how much Nick has let him down, and Hope welcomes him to the real world and predicts that you'll get a lush present out of it. Absolutely. And at the flat later, Sam and Leanna are chatting about mushrooms on toast. I don't think I've ever had mushrooms on toast. Beans on toast, absolutely. Spaghetti hoops on toast, you bet. Ideally, what you want. As beans with mini sausages,
1: like hot dogs,
0: smaller than that. Oh, like a little chipolatas, maybe the size of your less than maybe the size of your thumb. Yeah, size of your thumb. Interesting. The hinds that make the baked beans also do a baked beans and pork sausages, and that was my favourite. Ah. And when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. my parents couldn't stand the smell of them cooking because I just ate them. All the the time time. Much like we were the sausage parties from living in the hotel for two months Oh yes So anyway, yes, they're having uh, mushrooms on toast Which Sam thinks is his favourite food of all time When Nick comes in with a gift It's a fancy lens for his telescope Just as Hope predicted Mm -hmm. Sam tells his dad to fuck off out of his own flat And take your bloody lens with you And to his credit He does Nick does that Back at the beach Nick and Dee are comparing wounds. Dee has it worse because she was stood up by a drug dealer. And this conversation makes Nick smile and it's the first time he's smiled all day. Probably all week. A little worried about that, the two of them together. No. 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 Maybe?
1: No. 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 She's waiting for Zidane to come back. That's the relationship I want.
0: <laughs> Zinedine Zidane. That's as far as we get with that this week. So, oh, what a tangled web we weave, eh? From Nick. Yes. With this whole getting the money from absolutely was just the worst idea. Right. This is his... It just fell out of control Mm -hmm. so quickly. Another raid on the bistro, though. Well, Would where else are they going there? to raid? Would anybody eat there anymore? I mean, because you, you seem to have like a one in three chance that there's going to be an armed robbery there while you're having your dinner.
1: Well, where else are they going to eat?
0: Well, speed elf, which catches fire and has uh, stabbings.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Maybe Roy's Rolls then. It
1: gets very crowded in there. And also, hasn't something happened at Roy's Rolls as well?
0: Or maybe just make your dinner and eat at home. <laughs> Cost a living crisis. Yeah. Eat at home, <laughs> but then it has to he, prove that these people says, know how to use a knife and fork.
1: He says after you know a whole week, a whole month of eating out quite a bit. Who us? Remember the conversation
0: we had earlier. Oh, well, last week was an awful lot of being out for dinner because we were out, right? Which is so we're pretty good at actually cooking through the week and, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, we are
1: fairly good. You know Friday night's pizza night, but other than that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and then Wednesday night's trivia night, which is just so ridiculous, like I paid over a100 dollars.
0: It's warned you, this can't go on. It can't go on. That's like 400 and, bucks a month. you could. And you could both, have a, a $20,000 car loan for that.
1: And both Benny and Sally did not finish their dinners, and their dinners are sitting in the fridge right now as we speak.
0: Yeah, I had some of it for my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> the pasta. Uh, the anyway, bo- this is The
1: Bodega Mac and Cheese. Mm. Yeah. That's what that was. Bodega Mac and Cheese. I
0: know. I had it.
1: Yeah. It's like the Bodega fries that I, you like.
0: I know. I had it.
1: <laughs> Far too many carbs in that restaurant. We, anyway. We can't,
0: we, we can't be spending 100 bucks. Every there, week. Every Wednesday. Just on the off chance of winning 30 bucks at Trivia. Right. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And the food's not that great.
0: It isn't. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. My point remains that the Bistro, especially recently, has been the scene of a little bit too much of the high-octane developments that you you think would put something out of business.
1: I don't understand why people live on that street. It's just one gunfight after another.
0: So how's Damon going to get out of this then? Because he was pretty much caught red-handed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was.
0: His fingerprints are on the package. Yep. I think Nick was fairly clever about doing that. Yeah. Making sure that it was just on the breakfast counter for him to pick up. Right. So Nick didn't have to touch it. Right. Although presumably Nick had already touched it, but...
1: Maybe he wiped it.
0: Right. With Leanne's wet wipes.
1: Um, He can try to grasp Nick and Leanne up, but in doing so, he's just further implicating himself because... Obviously, Nick and Leanne didn't start a drug dealing ring. No. Not after the whole Harvey thing.
0: No, and nobody put that package in his car other than him. Right. So there's nothing that he can say that's going to excuse why he's got drugs on him. Right. But again, I'm thinking, is this a character that's just been brought in for a very short period of time, basically to give an excuse for for Jacob to leave? And then he goes out of it himself. It, it seems. I don't it know, It seems man. a bit I don't know. pointless.
1: So much of the show is pointless. And he's these kind days. of setting
0: himself up with Dee with Dee potentially. And, you know, he, he's, he was a character, or he is a character, who seems to very quickly go to his feet and his legs under the table Right. A yes, bit.
1: because he's a very charming man.
0: Yeah. So it seems like a bit of a, a waste and to get rid of him.
1: And he's a believable, charming man, unlike Stephen, who apparently is charming, but I don't see it.
0: What about the contrast that I mentioned about him supposedly being this criminal mastermind, or at least mind, <laughs> and still having this kind of paternal side for Sam? How do you think those things are are working together?
1: I I don't like it, considering considering the way he treated his own flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes it really not believable to me that he'd have this soft spot for somebody else's kid Yeah. when he was so brutal with Jacob.
0: I mean... When I, you
1: tell your own son that he was a mistake, mm-hmm. you don't get a soft spot for somebody else's bespectacled child.
0: <laughs> right. Although, in isolation, I, I, do quite, I do quite like it. Suddenly, here's Uncle Damon turning up with expensive dj equipment and headphones and it didn't look like
1: expensive dj equipment that looked like cheap crap dj equipment that looked cheaper than ryan's stuff
0: (laughs) didn't realize dj helen was an expert (laughs) in such matters
1: well just the way sam was able to so easily push that thing over
0: well that's more to do with the stand that was on rather than the the quality of the the decks
1: well that's the stand is part of the decks, isn't it? No. And like the whole thing should have been much heavier than it was. It was like it was like a giant empty cup that Sam pushed over.
0: No, I'm not starting that.
1: <laughs> giant empty cup of the week.
0: Uh, uh a way back into this for Nick? Surely, yes, right?
1: Well eventually he's gonna have to because he's legally obligated to take care of that child so mm. un- unless unless sam goes to court to get emancipated which i don't even know if that's a thing in the uk i'm eh, assuming it is, is probably but and sam would be a smart enough kid to figure out how to go about doing that but well, i
0: one of the nice things about this for me is that it's given a chance to see Leanne and Sam together.
1: Yes, which is nice. And that is nice, nice,
0: especially how difficult that relationship was for Leanne at the start. Right. She's sitting at the bus stop with him She's sitting having dinner with them, talking about mushrooms on toast and stuff. It's like
1: the difficult thing is, is that once again Leanne's own son seems to have disappeared. After that whole. I um, thought oh, so you
0: talking about Oliver. And her, no. and I was like, I don't know how you break this to you
1: you know I'm not talking about Oliver I'm talking about the big one
0: I I know that he is her son but I don't think of him as her son
1: right but still but still once again works at the factory has completely disappeared after Jacob leaves
0: yeah it's almost like they don't know what to do with him (laughs) oh well let's move on to our next storyline this evening which is Mitch the Gabby (laughs) Gabby We might as well phone exposition taxis so they what, can send Mitch round with what, some exposition what, Was it
1: good taxi or hood taxi? Something like that.
0: I didn't notice. <laughs> of course not. On Monday, Eileen's Mary has made a communal buffet that no one gives a shit about. Right, because it's just toast. Until Lawrence arrives with some carbohydrates and everyone is excited by this. And Mary is pissed. Eileen leaves and sees Todd arrive at And what I said was a new bit at the time, but I think it was just a regular taxi. Dirty stop out, says Eileen. They all see Sean and Lawrence leave and that seems to upset the driver who knows Lawrence's name. Eileen says that's her lodger's boyfriend. The driver tells Eileen to tell her lodger to watch his back.
1: But not like that.
0: that. Todd drops into the cab office later to talk this through uh, with Eileen, this weird incident. Todd has found that the driver's name was Mitch, but that's all he's managed to get. Eileen tells him to tell Sean just as Sean comes in and he wants to know what they're talking about and Todd pretends that he has to rush off but Sean demands that they talk this over at lunchtime so at the lunchtime meeting Todd explains what happened and Sean obviously reckons that Todd is jealous Todd insists that he's just the messenger and Sean tells him to keep his nose out but not like that and calls Lawrence for a rover meeting later so Todd and Sean meet Lawrence and Sean shows Lawrence the uber photo of Mitch Lawrence doesn't recognise him, saying that he looks like a wonky Ewan McGregor, so that was pretty funny. That was funny. Sean explains that Mitch is warning people about Lawrence, and Lawrence has been used by all this. Back home, Todd discovers that Eileen has been doing some digging of her own, and there's an article about his wife's death, which mentions a rambling club that they were both members of, and they have a Facebook page, because Mitch doesn't have any social media, not Mitch, Lawrence. Lawrence doesn't have any social media but Correct. this rambling club does have a Facebook page Whoa. and on that page there's a picture of Lawrence, his Ooh. wife and Mitch What? All together, Lawrence lied
1: Dum-dum-dum. They decide to get
0: more info before handing their dossier over to Sean Meanwhile, Sean and Lawrence are in the rovers Sean apologises for Todd and his stupid claims and says that he believes Lawrence 95% of the time Lawrence is pleased with this thinks it's sweet that Todd is so protective and he has a surprise for Sean
1: he's going to take
0: him on a mini break this weekend
1: to a secret location Mm -hmm.
0: so on Wednesday over breakfast Eileen and Todd are working on tracking down the cabbie for further questioning Todd doesn't know if Mitch was a first name or a last name and Vogel is no fucking help no you leave Vogel out of this (laughs) They take the, just you, a reminder that you, Vogel.co.uk you know you know points they, to us
1: You know who they need? They need that wee lassie from that missing movie She would have solved this in no time
0: The wee lassie from the missing movie certainly would have Yes. So they take the investigation to new roles where Eileen has had no luck talking to the Ramblers who refuse to dox their members So they end up booking cabs from the same firm until they get a mitch match Great plan and after 10 goes, Todd does get a Mitch match Woohoo! from the cabby Mitch. And it'd be so, Lawrence and Sean are doing their insurance forms for the weekend break. Turns out Lawrence loves filling out insurance forms, which is a bit of a red flag for Sean, and not the one that it should be.
1: insurance forms for a weekend?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When was the last time you filled out insurance forms for a weekend?
0: I've never for- filled out any holiday insurance forms for years. And it's terrible because I should have. Because well, you should be insured when you go on holiday. Right, yeah, especially. Because if something goes wrong, especially coming here.
1: Right. Because if you're with...
0: not insured, you are fucked. Yeah. So a number of times I came over here that had no insurance. But for a weekend, if you're going abroad, probably, probably you should.
1: Yeah. Is it really that easy to go abroad after Brexit? Yeah, you just need a passport. Huh. I suppose that's true. I don't know. It just seemed really weird that he's filling out this, you know, possibly possibly lose your life insurance Mm -hmm. for a weekend away
0: well all that comes baked into the insurance policy all these policies have like a million dollar or a million pound death benefit things paid into it or accidental deaths and stuff
1: we go on vacation all the time in america which is terrifying and never fill out insurance
0: forms no well we have insurance
1: that's true we do would that cover anything everything? else
0: that you want me to debunk for you? Or, or are we good for that? No, I suppose yeah, Well, we're well right. life insurance is good for that.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yes. You haven't died yet. I so. haven't died yet. <laughs> Not for lack of trying.
0: Right. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so all this is a red flag for Sean. Yes. Lawrence gives Sean's name for his next akin, Sean gives Eileen's name. So, in the cab with Mitch. It's a great time for exposition. The next of kin thing was strange because I don't think I've ever filled out next of kin on no. holiday insurance forms. But anyway.
1: Right, because your next of kin is your next of kin. Right.
0: So in the car with Mitch, it's a great time for exposition. Mitch reckons that Lawrence pushed his wife off a mountain on the ramble as he was worried that she was going to find out that he was gay and psychotic apparently and having an affair with Mitch. Mitch asks them not to contact him again this is like a point and click adventure, I thought, at this point. Meet the cab driver, get some information, go somewhere else, pick up the vase of flowers, go over here. Right, yeah. Feed He's it like, to the rat.
1: What, what are those characters called that are just, you know, that, that are uh, is a non playable character?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. NPCs. An NPC. He is, he is the NPC of this whole story. He feeds you information and then he fucks off.
0: Who was it that described it? Was it George Lucas? Described scenes like this as eat your broccoli scenes. Scenes that you, you, you need to just get through and need to get some exposition out there. Nobody's going to enjoy it, but you just have to get through it. So we were all eating our broccoli for that, I think. In the pub, Todd is amazed that Lawrence could be a potential feeling. Sean tells Todd and Eileen about the next thing and how it's romantic. Todd practically chokes on his beer and wonders if Mrs Lawrence had insurance. Later, outside the pub, Eileen tells Sean what they found out about Lawrence. They explain about the cab driver in the photo and what Mitch reckon happened to Lawrence's wife. Sean does not take it well. He calls Todd a bitter, jealous, lying, selfish, nasty bit of work and says that Eileen is a bitter, jealous, lying, selfish, nasty bit of work's mother. Eileen ah. thinks it's undoubted that Lawrence had an affair, but this cuts no ice with Sean and he throws him out just as Lawrence comes in and Sean announces that he wants to be his next akin. But his confidence wavers later when Sean's when Lawrence gives Sean a clue about their destination and hopes that Sean has a head for heights, because we are going to be going up, 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 up but not like that. On Friday, breakfast at Eileen's, she and Todd apologise to Sean for jumping to conclusions yesterday, but Todd still doesn't trust Lawrence, and Sean's clearly having doubts himself. Lawrence and Sean are in Neil's roles chatting about their upcoming break, Lawrence making Sean even more worried when he announces that the place they're going to has no phone signal. Yeah. And at home, Sean is now up to his tits with anxiety about the trip and demands to know where Lawrence has taken them. So Lawrence tells him, it's Switzerland which Sean is quick to point out, is a home to Dignitas. Right. (laughs) It's weird that Lawrence... (laughs) The first thing that his mind jumped to was Dignitas.
1: (laughs) It's weird that Lawrence doesn't have the self-awareness here to say, maybe this is a bad idea, and maybe the way I talk about Next of Kin makes people uncomfortable, and maybe I shouldn't take my boyfriend... On a trip to some place with no phone signal, maybe, maybe these are red flags that I shouldn't be waving mm.
0: in my boyfriend's face. Lawrence thinks Sean is behaving weird, which he is, but Lawrence, as you say, is also behaving weird. And then Lawrence heads off for snacks, asking Sean not to look in his bag when he's gone. And again,
1: yeah, why would you say that? Why would you say that? <laughs> he has no reason to go into your bag. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that? <laughs>
0: Sean has soiled himself when Todd and Eileen come home. He's convinced now that Lawrence wants to kill him and he thinks Lawrence has got torture implements and murder implements in his bag. Eileen thinks that he's overreacting and Sean goes to check inside the bag when Lawrence comes back in and Sean immediately accuses him of killing his wife and harbouring plans to kill him. Lawrence is bamboozled by this and calls Sean cuckoo. Cuckoo for Kaka. All that's in the bag is undies and a lovely present for Sean. It's some uh, bronzer fake tan, right?
1: Yeah, because he's like, I bought you bronzer so that you could still get a tan. And it's like, has, has Sean ever been tan in his life? I don't think so.
0: Was that time he was homeless?
1: <sighs> That's not a tan.
0: <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Todd tries to explain about Mitch. Lawrence admits to lying about that, but it doesn't make him a murderer. Rather, it makes him guilty of having an affair that he'd rather not admit to. He asks if Sean thinks he's capable of this. And Sean doesn't answer. No. Later, the two of them sit down for a chat and Lawrence explains what really happened with the death of his wife, how she went on a solo hike and the weather wasn't great and she fell a mountain. Remarkably, Sean still seems to think that the two of them can be an item and go on holiday, but Lawrence quickly disabuses him of both of these things you're dumped Lawrence is leaving when he's stopped by Todd who tries to take responsibility for everything and begs Lawrence to give Sean another chance but Lawrence remembers that he's already given Sean a second chance at Christmas Sean is a throwback to a bygone era, <laughs> says Lawrence and I was like, oh, well, here we go <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're getting out all the all the baggage that the writers want to to relieve themselves off Yeah, just coming out here and they called Todd uh, a dinosaur too. They have trust issues, so they assume that he's a killer. There's no coming back from that. And yeah. put it like that. Yeah, you can see why there's no coming back. Right,
1: from that. but again, no self-awareness, awareness of the faults of others, not aware of the faults in himself. Where he th- not once does he stop to think. Well, wait a minute. What on earth have I done that would make you think that
0: this could possibly be true? So, they've been going out for a while. They split up. Right. They got back together yes. at Christmas. So, let's just say Christmas is day zero. That's when we're starting this all again. So, they've been going out together for a month and a bit. If if a man and a woman were dating for a month... Yeah. Didn't live together or anything; just dating for a month. Right. And the guy says he's going to take the girl away for for a, a romantic break. Refuses to
1: say, Refuses where, it to say where it is. Refuses Says there's Talks no cell
0: Mexican charge and uh, death death insurance. There's no there's not going to be any any reception, and then we're going to be totally isolated for the right. entire weekend. Oh, I and think, we're
1: also going to the place where my wife died.
0: I think. On that basis, I think the woman would have every right to run a mile.
1: She'd be calling the cops. <laughs>
0: right. Oh, and don't look in my bag.
1: Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> She'd be <laughs> running a mile. Or she should be. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But there's no so self-awareness is, so, there. I,
0: so I guess it is a little bit of both of them are to blame for this. Because
1: remember, initially, Sean didn't believe Todd and was absolutely confident in Lawrence. And then Lawrence started to act weird
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it For seemed plot reasons. Right. But still, you know, how some self-awareness there, pal. Mm-hmm. There are other places to hike. Cause this whole thing is, well, I like to hike. I like to go in the outdoors. Look at Sean. Does he really look like the outdoorsy type? Does he really no, look? No, there
0: was that time he was homeless. So
1: again, not the same thing. Okay,
0: so I'm just checking.
1: Sean is not the type who, to go on a hike by himself.
0: Doesn't like in camping. the middle of
1: the woods. Does not like the woods. Does not like fresh air. Hmm. Prefers Ibiza.
0: It did, however, all give us that that scene with Lawrence and Todd. I thought that was great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I just wish they kind have of taken it a little bit further because, for all intents and purposes, the viewer was Lawrence there. Yeah. And I'm all for that. That yeah. was that was a great little moment. Off. Here is a character who's just come into the show for a brief period, has gone out again, and is just remarking on, "Y'all are institutionalized." Right. <laughs> And no. I'm and I, I'm here to hold a mirror up Y'all to that.
1: Y'all are crazy. <laughs> so,
0: f- f- what we're we doing with Sean here?
1: I don't know. I honestly don't know.
0: Because because it seemed thing. like
1: we yeah it seemed like we finally got him in a decent relationship where he's tolerable.
0: Uh, more more thanks to Glenda than anything else. Right, but, but, but still, but him and Lons were fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm reading articles where anthony cotton is saying how irritating he finds sean and i'm like well, do you know what that helps me like sean a little bit knowing that right and, and it, it's terrible that because it kind of suggests a uh, inability to separate character from actor you know? right but I, it I, helps I, I, to I know I like, when the, I like when the actor is kind of on the other side a little bit, right. right yeah right. that, that sean is for the for the most part a uh, A difficult to like character. Yes. And quite irritating. But he's been better recently. That relationship they had with Frank lasted, what, a couple of months maybe? Mm -hmm. Frank has this mysterious secret and is banished. Lawrence comes in, has this mysterious secret, is banished, comes back. Right. The mysterious secret re-emerges and is banished again. And it's like, well, this feels like we're... We're getting to the point where Sean, we're making Sean so unhappy that he has to leave.
1: Right. But he can't leave because his son is now a permanent part of the show. So it feels like they've further cemented him into the show.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why they just keep on giving them relationships that are doomed. Hmm. For the longest time he had, he had no relationship. Right. He was always talking about Going out, but
1: right, but we never saw, never saw him dating.
0: It, right? it, it feels like it's a, a weird track to go down, and this is not the only weird track that we're taking characters down these no, days.
1: No, they're all weird tracks, and, and
0: I don't think we have a history of doing that as much. I don't know. Oh well, oh well. Next storyline, let's
1: please just stop talking about it.
0: Is that's how Royston rolls?
1: Yeah, I hate this. I'm just going. I'm going on record to say, I hate this. This this feels like from one extreme to the other, and I hate it.
0: From from the Sean storyline to this storyline, no, no. Oh, within from the storyline, okay.
1: Roy the Luddite to Roy the phone addict
0: to the doom scroller. Yep. Yeah. On Monday, Evelyn is in is in uh, on Monday, Evelyn is in Nina's roles to show off her snazzy new scarf. I liked her scarf, though. It was nice. To Roy, but Roy doesn't give a fuck because he's half asleep because he's spending his nights watching movies about Roman digs or something. Porn. On his, on his phone. He's watching Roman porn. <laughs> hey. You know what? So long as it's consensual.
1: You know what? I bet if you searched it right now,
0: you'd find it. I'm sure you would. This is all Nina's fault. We still haven't found Haley's coat. We should be focusing on that. Why aren't we focusing on that?
1: Yes, yes. Again, another reason why I hate this.
0: Evelyn got the scarf, bargain of the century, at the charity shop where Joy used to work. Roy points. Joy's out, gone. Roy points out that Joy has been moved on to Oldham, which I think is code for something. And Nina says if Evelyn worked at the shop, she'd get first dibs on the bargains and get to work with Roy. And I don't think that first part's true. I don't think the workers in charity shops get first dibs on anything. In fact, I think there's rules against that.
1: Yeah.
0: Back home, Mary comes over with some old comic annuals for the girls and there's a B-note annual from 1980 that I definitely had. Mary explains that she's taking the rest of her treasures down to the charity shop. Weekday afternoons. It's a gold mine, she says. Yeah. Back in the roles, Carla is helping behind the counter while Shona is in that London. Roy is so nose deep in his phone about the Roman fort excavation that he's breaking plates and burning toast. And later when Nina comes back, Carla warns her that when Roy gets obsessed about something, he really gets obsessed. Right, he hyperfixates because
1: because he's autistic. Right. Only we'll we'll never say that out loud in the show.
0: On the Coronation Street show. Yes. We'll say it here. Yes. Frequently. Right. At the end of the day, Roy is still checking his notifications. He's on social media now because that's how Royston rolls. Carla is very worried about this. That's so dumb. As Roy explains about the like function that he keeps on hitting. Then Evelyn arrives to announce that she's working at the charity shop again. The place is a mess, but she's found an old train that she thinks might be of interest to Roy. And this is the only thing that gets his attention. He says he'll check it out tomorrow. But he doesn't on Wednesday, he misses his volunteer session at the charity shop because he's found a bat app that plays ultrasonic bat noises.
1: Yeah, to the point where humans can hear them. So which actually sounds kind of cool.
0: So later, Evelyn has to deliver the model train to Roy and he's thrilled to bits with it. Evelyn wants <laughs> him to price it, so Roy texts a mate. And Roy's sending texts and having mates. This is just so wrong.
1: It's so wrong. I mean, we know that he has mates outside of the street because there's the Bat Group, which, let's be honest, is mostly... Him and Nina. Nina and him and Asha. And then there's other two weird people who we saw briefly and then never again.
0: Mm. Later, Roy produces the valuation, but it's too late because Evelyn has already sold it for a tenner, even though it was worth 40 times that. After closing, Roy is still on his phone playing chess and now Nina's starting to get pissed off with him. She tells him to put his phone down and watch a documentary with her, which he agrees to do, but quickly, as he's in conversation, he picks his phone back up because there's something he needs to check. Right. On Friday, Roy is obsessing over his weather app. Nina, who is, again, to blame for all this, is trying to ignore it. Roy insists that he isn't addicted, but Nina and Bernie aren't convinced and challenged him to put his phone away until the end of his end of his shift. Reluctantly, he agrees to do so while Bernie talks about phantom vibration syndrome. Bless him. She thinks Roy wants to look that up.
1: Yeah, which he probably does.
0: uh, I don't have phantom vibration syndrome but when I do feel my phone vibrate Uh and especially when I feel my watch vibrate Uh it's kind of impossible not to check it. Right. And it's... Very rarely anything interesting.
1: No. It's when it's like on the other side of the room and Mm. you hear it vibrate Mm. and you kind of feel it even though you're not touching it but because you can hear it you feel it.
0: Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's weird, man. It's weird. Actually, here's something that I think maybe kind of like that. My phone is normally in my front right pocket. Uh Uh-huh. But sometimes I put it in my arse left pocket. Interesting. Because I have many pockets.
1: You do, and, and, and a very buzzes. nice shelf of than arse to <laughs> keep a phone
0: secure. And when it buzzes in my arse pocket, uh-huh. you I feel it in feel your it. pocket. I yeah. kind of feel it in my phone yeah. pocket? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I do suffer from it.
1: I think we all suffer from it in varying degrees, don't mm-hmm. we?
0: I think, I think we're proving that. Yes. Later, Roy's phone pings and he immediately goes to check it. It was a meme from Yasmin. It was a meme.
1: It was a Yasmeme.
0: Caught by Bernie and Nina, he hands the phone over to his niece to remove the temptation. And later, Bernie's accusing Dylan of looking at mucky photos on his phone, but it <laughs> turns out that he's just looking at pictures of space. Then Nina has to pry Roy away when he tries to vicariously browse through Dylan. Then Roy's day without his phone has been difficult and he realizes he's spending far too much time on it and intends to restrict himself in future. Nina goes off to make soup and a baked potato or do a shite or something, and Roy he's oh, just a moment on his own and then he's instantly back on that phone.
1: Well, he looks at it but then he turns the f- flips it back down, doesn't he?
0: No, he finishes off by picking it back up again. Oh yeah. And scrolling starting to scroll again
1: yeah i hate this you're right what we should be focusing on is finding Haley hmm now that we have evelyn and roy for a very brief time together again
0: this is meant to be funny i think
1: and it's not it's not it's maybe meant to be
0: funny or it's maybe meant to be endearing and it's neither of those things right
1: it's like oh look at the cute old man addicted to his phone like a teenager
0: it's like why are you ruining roy
1: right yeah totally happening
0: roy not having a phone and having a a deliberate distance right and being so
1: bitchy about it Mm -hmm. to go from that to i guess i should have a phone just in case nina almost dies again Mm -hmm. because that seems to happen every six months or so
0: frequently yeah it's like you get two bistro raids for one Nina almost dying.
1: Right. And I mean, it was only two weeks ago that that he had that Carla had to explain to him why he couldn't send an eggplant meme. Right. I'll never say aubergine. I just said it. But it's an eggplant. Because eggplant is a funnier word.
0: It is. If that was as far as it went.
1: Yeah because that was funny
0: Roy had a phone he texted inappropriate emoticons
1: and had to be have that explained to him
0: and then it's never mentioned again
1: yeah that would have been fine
0: but if a storyline comes up in the future where it's needed for Roy to have a phone right we've kind of we've kind of planted the seed that Roy's got a phone now yes
1: yes that, that's as far as it should have gone.
0: And see if you were going to get Roy a phone. See if you were Nina and you're going to buy Roy a phone. You're determined for Roy to have a phone. Yes. You wouldn't get him a smartphone. You'd get him those deliberately ancient right. brick flip, flip phones. phones.
1: Didn't he want a flip phone? And they said, no, we're going to get you a smartphone so that you can... Because one of the reasons why she wanted him to have it is because of the 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 back group thing thing. right so it had to be a smartphone
0: the back group thing that was working perfectly well without him
1: well it was Nina having to do the heavy lifting in communicating to him what was said in the back group and that was annoying to her as it should be
0: oh it feels like they've taken it too far yeah and
1: reel it back in people reel it back in yeah eggplant funny Yes, Roy. Maybe with a
0: couple of little uh, spray emojis,
1: right? And a peach.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Roy going to his phone for everything. Less so, less 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 funny, less appropriate to the character, less everything. And this is coming from someone who predominantly works on her phone, so has her phone out. Pretty much all the time.
0: Just you're referring to yourself in the third person again?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Gavin hates it when you do that.
1: Well, Helen doesn't give a fuck what (laughs) Gavin thinks.
0: That was my joke.
1: And now it's mine. I've taken it. Never. Ha (laughs) ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Your joke. It is mine now. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I hate this.
0: Yeah, I'm not kidding. Can we just.
1: can we just erase this please because it's not good. It's
0: kind of making me Who's, dislike Nina as well.
1: Whose idea was this? Her hair keeps getting blonder.
0: That's fine. I don't care about that. I, I just I don't like her involvement in this and the fact that she's to blame for it. I, it was almost saved by Bernie. Right. Bernie accusing Dylan was quite funny.
1: Right. And and Bernie's story of that time that Yasmin sent her a cocktail recipe by mistake. Wow. That was funny.
0: Yeah, we Bernie need
1: to- saves ninety five percent of the show she's that she's in.
0: That's, that's she, true.
1: She's carrying the show on her shoulders.
0: And remember, we didn't like her to start with because we didn't know what her character was supposed right, to be. Right? Yeah.
1: But by God, now, they fixed it. Now, she's she's the Stan Lee of coronation street
0: every week i take a 30 second clip of the show that features at the start of the podcast where uh-huh. someone says the title of that week's podcast right and every week it could be bernie yeah and i have to try and make it not, not bernie, bernie every week
1: and it's tough
0: it is tough because
1: she's got the best lines
0: i'm trying to think who it is this week
1: and when she doesn't have the best lines it's Dev or one of the other Alhans who has the best lines and she's typically in the scene with them.
0: Oh, it's Todd this week.
1: Oh, is it Todd? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Which which, which Todd thing?
0: A wonky Ewan.
1: Oh, the wonky Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Okay. That guy didn't look anything like Ewan not, McGregor. Not
0: one single bit. And like...
1: didn't sound like him either. Let's move on. Anyway.
0: To Caddy Shacked Up talking about Bernie. Woo-hoo! On Monday Nina's I love Bernie is bragging to Gemma about how shit hot she is at golf and how she thrashed Dev. Then Chauncey comes in and says that according to Dev, he'll let her win. Gemma thinks this is quite sweet. I'll give him fucking sweet, says Bernie. So <laughs> Bernie goes around to the shop and she's crushed by Dev's ruse, saying she's not going to try out for the ladies' team now. Dev is upset and insists that Bernie played a great game, but maybe he didn't bring his A game because she was a beginner. He suggests that they go out now and play again, and this time he'll be Tony Jacklin, and that's a famous golfer. Is it? From the eighties, I think.
1: From from st- The UK. Yeah. He's no he's no Jack Nicholas. Or Arnold Palmer, who is a favorite in this house. <laughs> Not for his golfing though. No. For his <laughs> for his drink of choice.
0: For his iced tea and lemonade. Yes. Preferably with a bit of strawberry. <laughs> Back home after the game, Bernie is cock-a-hoop because she beat Dev again. She nips off for a shite, which allows Gemma to check with Dev, who admits that he really was trying to win this time and Bernie really is just that good. She's a natural, he says. In fact, he says, in all the years he's been playing the game, he hasn't seen anyone take it so quickly as Bernie. She likes to
1: knock balls around.
0: (laughs) He's clearly burned at this big time, but manages to put on a fake smile. Later, Gemma checks with Bernie to make sure Dev is okay with her being good at something, which is a weird thing. To... Why, well, wouldn't, why wouldn't he be, asks Bernie. He's a grown-up, and this is something that we can do together. But at Dev's house, he's got the putter out in the living room, <laughs> and he is fun, huh, huh, furious.
1: I love this scene with him and Addie.
0: He's, he's hitting the floor with his putter, and he's got the little putting rug out. He's been beaten twice in two episodes. Adi points out that he's better than Dev too and Dev didn't care about that.
1: Right, and he also points out it's nice that you and your missus have something that you're both like and you're both good at. Yeah. This should be a good thing.
0: Adi, for the brief moments that he's in it, is a little shining light mm-hmm. of just wonderfulness.
1: I like watching the progression of his beard. Yeah, it's coming along. Yes, it is.
0: Dev pretends that he didn't hear the subtext and what Adi was saying. On Wednesday... <laughs> Gemma goes to Devs and winds him up about uh, being shitter at golf than than Bernie because she says that that's the kids speaking a bit now, but Cleo's mm-hmm. speaking, we're just calling her Cleo now. We're yeah. not calling her Cleo. We're not even pretending they're trying to call her Cleo. We're calling her Cleo now. Right. But Cleo's speaking better than the other, so she's tempted to tape that one's mouth up. Right. To give the other ones a chance.
1: Right. The one girl <laughs> is better at talking than the boys, right. so she's going to shut the girl up mm-hmm. to make the boys feel better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gemma, what you doing, girl?
0: Well, it was a joke.
1: Was it? Because yeah. she did buy those plasters.
0: No, it was, it was a it was a dig at Dev and Bernie. Ah. Uh. Back home, Dev turns up with a set of Addie's clubs to gift to Bernie for the trials. He apologises for not being one hundred percent behind her get 100 behind me now she says and i guarantee you you're hole in one <laughs> but the trial doesn't go well and bernie will not be making the ladies team her background is in crazy golf she says which was just mm-hmm. so funny dev is furious and wants to take it to var he says that she was done later dev goes to the quad house looking for bernie and promising to pull some strings at the club Bernie has got over it already and has already handed Addy's clubs back to him. It seems Addy didn't know that the clubs had been given away in the first place. Which, yes, which again, is hilarious. That's, that's hilarious from Addy, who isn't even in that scene. Right, But the fact yeah. that he'd be, like, confused as to where these clubs are turned up Right. That's brilliant. Dev now seems to care about this more than she does. Later, Gemma asks if Bernie's just pretending to be suddenly shite at golf again, but she denies it, although she says that she'd No, rather- she
1: kind of admits it.
0: Well, she denies it with a smile. right and says that she'd rather get her hole in the bedroom than on the course. Right. Which seems that she did throw it to keep her man in a good mood after all.
1: Yeah, and plenty of sexy time.
0: And that's confirmed later at Dev's house, where she casually makes the putt that Dev kept missing on Monday before skipping up the stairs to get her hole. Yes, her hole in one. And that's as far as we get Uh in that storyline. yeah. See, if if the Roy stuff was trying to be funny, this was funny.
1: Right, yeah. And all of these characters are doing things that make sense for these characters. It makes sense for Dev to be insecure, Mm -hmm. but kind of sweet about it, you know, because he's insecure about it, but he won't let Bernie see that he's insecure about it. True. And and then he gifts Addie's clubs to her and, you know, is indignant that she didn't make the team and all that stuff. So, you know, he's not being an asshole about it. Which has happened to me a number of times when I'm really good at something. Not with you, obviously. Because you're a man. I like to try. And not a wee boy in a man's body. But, yeah. That makes sense. Bernie preferring sex to golf.
0: Oh, that does make sense.
1: Makes sense.
0: (laughs) That does make sense.
1: Gemma being disgusted by the idea of her mum and Dev having sex. Makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Addie and Asha both giving their dad a hard time about this whole thing. Yeah. Makes sense. Chesney being a dick.
0: No, it totally makes sense.
1: Totally makes sense.
0: These are characters playing their character.
1: Right. Yeah. And being written well
0: by oh, writers yes.
1: who understand who
0: those characters are. Yeah, that's that's a good point. This is a really good example of of what happens when characters are given a storyline that that is a a situation that kind of affects all of them and they all, there's room for surprise in it still, but people are behaving the way that their character kind of suggests that they should. Or they should be given a little helping hand along the way by secondary characters that kind of push them back onto the right right path. Like I feel Addy did with Dev. Right. And like I feel Asha did with Dev as well.
1: Right, and how Gemma did with with Dev. with Bernie a little bit as well. And mm-hmm. I like how this kind of further cements it furthers along their relationship, Dev and Bernie's. Mm-hmm. But it also furthers along these two families coming together. Yeah, that's true. As as a cause and effect of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Which I also really like.
0: Yeah. I'm More good of de- this please. Angu Dev was was just was just great. Yes. Oh Jimmy. <laughs> We never, love you, Jimmy. From the Nick Cage, never not 100% school of acting. <laughs> that is much appreciated.
1: I can see him as both a vampire and a cowboy.
0: <laughs> and, and Caesar.
1: Yes. And also playing himself in a movie.
0: Naked Caesar with his baguette.
1: Cry, weeping <laughs> weeping over Paddington 2 with Pedro Pascal. I can see it happening.
0: All right. Moving on to our penultimate storyline Tonight is Badgie to Bike Finally we're getting this again This For the first time in a couple of weeks we've, We're getting some more of Peter's trading story On Friday Peter is in the knicker factory He can't shift his tablet that he's managed to trade The Onion Badgie up to So the Onion Badgie mm-hmm. became a pen And then the pen became something else
1: It was like a strainer or something? It was a kitchen thing. Oh, it was a,
0: a cheese grater.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes.
0: And we never saw what happened to the cheese grater, but somehow right, he's Roy gone. Right, because Roy said
1: no thank you to the cheese grater. And I think Sam said no thank you to the cheese grater. We've
0: gone from the cheese grater to a tablet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I think is a fairly big leap.
1: Yeah, that's pretty impressive until you see the tablet. I
0: mean, we, we haven't we haven't seen how that happens. No. That, and I'm a, a little annoyed at that, but anyway.
1: Yes, more of that and less of Roy being addicted to a phone, please.
0: Carla's already bored with us, so walks away while Peter is talking. But apparently the bet runs out on Monday. This is a new rule. And if Peter fails, he has to buy Carla a leather jacket. And that's a new rule as well. Mm -hmm. Peter goes to the garage and I think he wants to swap the tablet for some tools that Tyrone has. So he can trade the tools up to a motorbike or something in between. A spare tablet to stop Hope and Ruby arguing appeals to Ty. And he goes to check with Ruby to see if she wants it. So Peter takes a tablet, leather case included, round to Ruby. And she's thrilled by it. And Ty is happy to complete the exchange until, uh uh-oh, Ruby discovers that the screen is cracked. Yeah. Peter tries. What's up
1: with that, Peter? Peter You're giving this poor child a cracked tablet?
0: He says you can fix it for a fiver. That's not true. Peter tries to downplay it. It's a mere flesh wound. Ty is unconvinced and the deal is off and Ruby is appalled that this is the state of the world.
1: Right. And,
0: and that it. she cannot catch a break, this poor child. What was going on there, do you think? Because Ruby was silent for the majority of that scene, and they drew attention to it, that Ruby's just staring blankly at Peterfell, lines are being exchanged, uh-huh. and then she says that the screen's cracked. Yeah. I don't know why. I... Was she I, I not I'd in that her... scene for most of No, she was there. She just was staring and not smiling. It was it was well, weird... she was
1: smiling a little bit yeah. and nodding her head.
0: But not saying anything. I don't, I don't think, know. Just felt I don't like think, she think she was, quiet, was actually
1: but... sitting there the whole time.
0: Yeah, maybe not. It was weird anyway.
1: Yes. It's like, remember that time where we could only see three of the quads <laughs> and then we saw only one of the quads.
0: And now we see them all, all the time. And by God, they're getting noisy.
1: Yes. It's kind of cute. Yeah, it's kind
0: of cute. So that's as far as we get with that. And again, this is a, this is a, an interesting little side story that I wish we'd get more often. Yes. Because this is a, it's a Peter storyline that doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with Carla. Although right. when Carla's in it, she does make it better. Yes. But... It's intriguing, and it's a nice yeah. little social experiment sort of thing. Right, that,
1: and it kind of inserts itself into other storylines, which is kind of nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As it will with the what we're about to talk about. Right, with the stupid storyline we're about to talk about.
0: <laughs> right, I kind of hope he does get to the to the bike, but I, I don't see how he's going to get there from a,
1: from a cracked tablet. If he goes and fixes that tablet,
0: but he can't. He can't.
1: Why would he? I don't s- think he
0: can improve it, can he? Is that in the rules?
1: I don't. I don't know. Why would he have accepted a cracked tablet to begin with? I don't
0: think he looked at it.
1: Well, that's dumb. Look at it first, Peter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that was a little Friday, little snippet, which I think tends to mean that we'll get more of this next week. Yes. Although we're about to move on to the final storyline, and I haven't required my guitar this week, so. I'm a little disappointed in that. And I'm sure the listeners are as well. I'm not. And it's support like that (laughs) that's got us through these 11 years. (laughs) Our final storyline this week is The Art of the Steel. On Monday, in the shiny new precinct, Adam is with Harry, who says that he's not a baby. I'm not a baby. What else is it that Harry says? Soft play! (laughs) There we go.
1: I miss the soft play years.
0: Adam tells Sarah that he wants some us time at speed dial. Sarah is agreeable but distracted by a business call from Michael. So Sarah and Michael go through some designs later. Sarah pretends that she knows what she's looking at and what she's talking about. Michael wants to hit all the contacts in Stephen's lust with these designs to try and get a bite from one of them. So that's what they're doing. And by the time they're finished, it's 6pm and Sarah has missed her date with Adam. And her phone is dead because of plot. Of course. She rushes round to the bistro or full for of apologies. Or for some
1: reason it doesn't always ring. Which does happen. That happens with me a lot. Or
0: I think she said that it, it, it turns, turns itself, itself off. off. Mm-hmm. Sure. So she rushes round to the bistro full of apologies. And Adam is understanding, telling her to just order herself a takeaway. It's not um, the
1: bistro, it's Speed Doll.
0: Oh yeah. He'll meet her back at home while he goes to pick up Harry from Gale. What a guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Adam Adam was pretty good this week, I have to say.
0: He was good here. It he was good in that little scene, scene with, with Sam. Sam. Yeah, I liked that. When he gives them some home truths about how and, the world works.
1: And I really like the scene that's coming up later with Adam in the factory.
0: Okay. On Wednesday, and Nina Rolls, Stephen is very impressed that Sarah and Michael have a meeting with Rufus Houndstooth.
1: Now, who is the actor who plays Rufus Houndstooth? Because we have seen him in something before, haven't we?
0: And his name isn't Houndstooth, but I can't remember what his last name is.
1: Right, but still, that actor, we've seen him in other things, yes?
0: Rufus Houndstooth is a good name for a character.
1: Yes, you're still not answering my question.
0: He sounds like David Jason, but he's obviously not David Jason.
1: That must be it. That he sounds like David Jason.
0: It sounds like the Dell Boy from Only Fools and Horses.
1: He was in Gavin and Stacey.
0: I never watched that. Oh,
1: that. and he, no, because you hate James Corden as well, as, everyone. as everyone does. Steve Steve Mayo.
0: I wonder if he's related to Simon.
1: No, they spell it differently. It's M E O. Ah. Steve Mayo.
0: He was in Doctor Who: The Infinite Quest.
1: That's probably where I he know him from. Pilot
0: Kelvin and he was in Torchwood as Josh.
1: Okay, yeah, that's that's it. That's it, it's it's Torchwood and Doctor Who that I know him from.
0: You're so cool. I am. So yeah, so Rufus Houndstooth is a big fish and he reckons that they need high quality samples for tomorrow's meeting. That's Stephen, that is. Yeah. So they snatch a word with Beth on the cake run and ask her to do a side hustle for them to make some samples. She wrangles double time and cash and a takeaway for her troubles. On the street, as Michael and Sarah are trying to play spy versus spy as they get material to Beth, she has to blow Adam off from the conversation he wants to have with her. He wants to have a baby again. The timing, though, isn't great for Sarah. She has too much on and she's not sure the time is right anymore. Stephen interrupts with business stuff, so the conversation is kicked into the long grass. In the factory, Michael and Beth are squabbling about her job, there's something about the seam that that Michael wants, and Beth is like, "Look, I know what I'm doing." Right? Yeah. And Michael is, and Michael
1: doesn't even know the name of that seam. No.
0: Sarah comes in and tells Michael to let Beth get working, which puts sand down Michael's foreskin a bit more. Stephen correctly assumes that she's angry from the conversation she had with Adam and his stupid man bun. Later in the pub, all has been forgiven, and Sarah explains to Stephen her reservations about getting knocked up. She did have the baby fever a few months ago, but again, she's worried about the time and the psychosis that she had with Harry, like Carla had psychosis. And Stephen is very intrigued to hear this news about Carla, which seems to be what this whole baby reluctance thing is there to do.
1: Yeah, because let's remember how much Sarah wanted to have a baby right before the whole Lydia debacle. Mm Mm-hmm. That was very much her thing. What Adam reminds her of. And why do characters keep telling Stephen things about characters that they have no business talking about? Right. Yeah. It's none of your business, Sarah, to be telling this man about anything that has to do with Carla's health, mental or otherwise.
0: Yeah. It wasn't just a case of tell, her, tell him about the psychosis. But- tell him about the psychosis and how she nearly lost the factory and how she nearly lost the relationship How she went AWOL and. Right.
1: It's like we might as
0: well have had a cabbie called Mitch come in to explain this to to Stephen.
1: And this is not the first time that Sarah has done this because let's remember who it was who told Stephen about Tim's mum and her issues with men, Mm -hmm. which he then manipulated. Right. Sarah, just keep your mouth
0: shut. On Friday, early morning and Beth is giving Michael's front door a good pounding. And I like that. Her sewing machine has jammed with some of Michael's material stuck in it. And I like that. This is surely going to give the game away to Carla. She needs his help before the other knicker nickel people arrive. At the law office, Sarah turns up to talk about what happened yesterday. She promises she won't prioritise her shitty business over the relationship. And I think they maybe get their hole in his desk anyway anyway michael and steven are raising suspicions from some of the other knicker people as they try to fix the machine when carla comes in Stephen blames beth and carla tells beth she can work later to make up for the lost hours and beth is so pissed off about this right she's worked all through the night and now she's working an entire shift again and is going to have to work late to make up for this yeah (laughs) she's furious poor beth i
1: I now feel sorry for her after slapping a child
0: and then Rufus Houndstooth meets up with Michael and Sarah in the Bistro to Talk Designs. Rufus, channelling his inner Del Boy Trotter, describes Sarah as quite the hot haughty, and no one is sure if he means it. He loves the designs and wants to see the factory. Gulp, says Sarah and Michael, and she warns Stephen off uh, about the incoming Rufus Houndstooth by text. Yeah. With Carla otherwise engaged, Stephen gives Rufus a guided tour, which consists of speaking to Beth for some reason. Either way, Rufus is impressed and wants to talk numbers, so Stephen pushes Rufus out just as Carla arrives back, but she sees them and wonders what right. they're up to.
1: And, and assumes that it's another Stephen, you know, claiming to own the factory right. or being the boss but, and, and she's all that not stuff. Wrong.
0: No. Back at the bistro, Rufus Houndstooth is suspicious of the scene at the factory, but Stephen downplays it by calling Carla his over-enthusiastic PA. Rufus loves the look at Carla's breasts and then offers Michael and Sarah an exclusive contract and promises to make it worth a while, whatever that means. Contracts will be drawn up by closer play today. Then Rufus Houndsooth has got a taxi from Peter. He's as much of an arsehole to Peter as he was to everyone else, but doesn't sexually harass him at least. Rather, he tries to shame him about the value of his watch and then brags about the massive deal he's just struck at the factory. Yeah. This guy really is a total prick.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because so many opportunities so many opportunities to have a lesson here about standing up to pricks like this.
0: Yeah, Seal should be saying like Yeah,
1: I don't want to do business with this guy. But instead she says, He's a creep, but I guess I'll do business with him because I'm so desperate to get my business off, off the ground and it's like, What decade is this? <laughs> like, She's such a throwback. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off. Lawrence
0: is right. I'm telling you, Lawrence is right. He didn't Ma- say
1: that about Sarah, though. It's true about Sarah, though. Mm-hmm. It's true about most people Michael- on the
0: street. Lawrence is right. Yeah. Michael, Sarah and Stephen are on the champers, waiting for the contracts to come through. Sarah admits that Rufus Houndstooth is a creep, but business is business. And then she attempts to speak in a Canadian accent. <laughs> Later at the factory, Beth has fallen asleep at her workstation. Poor Beth. Carla comes in and wakes her up while a passing Kirk, with a yo-yo, explains how late she was working last night. Beth tries to blame this on Kirk being an absolute melon, but Carla's suspicions were raised already, and now they are more so, and she tells her to start talking or lose her job. So Beth tries to cover, but Carla thinks all this stuff is linked, we've got the machine breaking down, we've got Stephen acting suspiciously, and we've got Beth falling asleep. All of this is linked. Yes. So later, Carla goes to the broken machine and finds a scrap of material in a little bin drawer that they've got. Then Peter is back at the factory for the second time this episode to fill Carla in. And I like that. And to explain about his run-in with Rufus Houndstooth and his mammoth deal that he's just struck with the factory, apparently. Carla is, well, uh, uh, i getting furious about this. Uh, she should be. And she goes to Michael's old locker. And in that, she finds a sketch of some designs. So Michael, Sarah and Stephen are still at the bistro Sarah calls to chase up the contract from Rufus Houndstooth but he's not answering his phone and worried Stephen goes back to the factory and when he gets there Rufus is already there and he's with Carla and the creepy prick has already been appraised of the situation and Carla has renegotiated a new deal with Rufus Houndstooth who doesn't appreciate Stephen's deceit Stephen begs but Carla points out that he has no designs to offer she owns those designs now and she does she does. This is the social network all over again.
1: Right. Yeah. These designs were created on company time mm-hmm. in my factory with my materials.
0: Sarah, Michael, and Adam are called to the factory to have all this explained to them. Well, Adam's just there as our legal representative. Right. Yeah. Carla shows them the material and the sketch. Talks about files that she found on Sarah's old computer. She goes for colombo <laughs> which makes Sarah kind of yikes. The designs were made on her time on her equipment and her premises you can't prove anything says sarah yeah, i'm not so sure about that says adam and carla throws them all out leaving stephen to make a confused or angry face it's difficult to tell right and that's how we end this week's yeah, episode she's about
1: ready to fire his ass mm-hmm. into Again. the sun okay <laughs> yeah i i liked the way adam is just standing there smirking the whole time because he know he probably knew from the second he stepped in there that Carla was going to be right, and she was. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't even. He doesn't even try to gloss it over with Sarah Carla, either.
0: Carla doesn't make this big song and dance about something that she's only a little bit sure of.
1: No, no. She's one hundred percent confident. In a row. Yeah,
0: absolutely about this. Yeah, this is why we like Carla. She got them banged to rights, and.
1: It's kind of funny that she didn't that she did point this out to them sooner, though. Mm-hmm. That's my only quibble, is that she knew that they had left to start this business. I guess because she didn't have that crumpled piece of paper.
0: She didn't have the crumpled piece of paper, and she didn't have the piece of material stuck in the machine. Those yeah. were the vital right. pieces that, that kind of changed That's the whole true. deal. That's true. But yeah, she's on it in a flash. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to say, I'm... Um, i'm kind of team carla in all I'm this
1: absolutely team carla i was team carla from the very beginning
0: in all of this i think she was maybe a little bit pulling rank a little bit with sarah with the whole christmas card thing sarah took that to heart far too much yeah but she, she
1: carla but, was absolutely right to pull rank because she proved herself right by the way sarah acted the person I feel sorry
0: for... Is Michael. Is Michael. Yeah, because he's been kind of caught up in... All of this. Sarah's desire to... Right. Prove Carla wrong. Right. And, and all that's happened is Carla's been proved right.
1: Right. Yeah. And he lost that jo- that <laughs> good job, job to support his child. Because remember, he's a single dad.
0: He's lost his job. Now he's lost the promise of having his own business. Right. Or is going to have to come up with brand new, new designs. designs. Yeah. And start all this pitching stuff all over again. Oh, right. All from scratch and with no machines to make right. any samples. Yeah. I think he's f in the A.
1: Yes, he is f in the A. And at, at least Carla says, Carla compliments him on the first sample that he made. Mm-hmm. So at least she says, well done, Michael. You know, and, and puts credit where credit is due. Which is all on Michael because it's his ideas his designs he made the first mock-up what has Sarah done?
0: she hasn't done anything she's introduced to me, Stephen
1: right, <laughs> she has annoyed her uncle for contacts and then she's made phone calls on investment none of this is her idea none of this is her work
0: No, and she when got
1: Michael fired because Michael, let's remember Michael said nothing when Sarah says right, we're out of here mm. and he's like, what? what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've never been a fan of Sarah and I continue to not be a fan of Sarah. Yeah, well. I know you like her little leather skirt.
0: I'm, that's I'm not enough. Human. I'm only human.
1: That's not enough for a character. And, you know, you, know you can buy me one in my size.
0: <laughs> he's... His mistake, I think, is not
1: speaking up for his himself. ideas to Carla. Right. And not speaking up for himself when he has the opportunity to.
0: Because... Carla doesn't rate Sarah, so that's why Carla doesn't listen to Sarah's ideas. Right. But Carla, I think, rates Michael as, right. a, as a good salesperson. Yes. Maybe not to the Jacob levels of sales. Right. Right. But still, a, a decent enough salesperson. Yeah. So I think she's more inclined to listen to his ideas. Right. If he pitched them to her. But right. He didn't do it.
1: No. No, and in fact he didn't pitch them to Sarah either. He was working on them during his break in the factory and Sarah just happened to look over his shoulder and say oh these are great let and me help saw, you.
0: She saw a way out of the factory right. for Right,
1: yeah yeah you She's exploited Michael. him terribly. She really has. She's not a good person
0: Carla though isn't going to look a gift horse in the mouth here no, she's got her hands on some good designs right. from Michael.
1: Yeah,
0: I imagine she's going to say to Michael, "Come back, you can come back. Yeah, and you can be a designer, right? Slash,
1: Sales answer person. the phone guy. Yeah." Right.
0: But Sarah's, Sarah's surely, surely, got no chance, and Stephen's probably got no chance because why would why would Carla invite both of them back into the tent when no. they've been? Outside, pissing in for so long. Absolutely. And really taking the piss out of her yeah. by all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Rufus Houndstooth character can go fuck himself.
1: He was cartoonishly bad.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know, it got to a point, it was like, all right, enough already. We understand what this character is supposed to represent. He does not have to say this shit anymore.
0: When he's talking about Carla's rack. Yeah. I can't think. Hmm. hmm. I don't know if this is a less is more kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's almost at the point now where he's daring Sarah Some, and Michael yeah, to do business. To say with something. Him. Right.
1: Right. And, and you, as far as neither one of them do, and that's
0: de- deplorable. That's deplorable.
1: Terrible.
0: And then he's shown off his watch to Peter, saying, "This watch costs more than you'll ever make in your life." Right. Like, really?
1: Yeah. And Peter just does not give a fuck it about doesn't this care, man. But, he's not impressed.
0: But he's- say you earn twenty grand a year, and you work for forty years, that watch isn't costing that.
1: No. And Peter must make more than twenty grand a year.
0: You'll you'll make a you make a living out of it, right? Certainly.
1: Yeah, the cost of living is way more and than twenty grand.
0: A, and he's been a bookie in the past, right? And he's been a Pub landlord in the past, right?
1: Yeah, he is not a fool. That, that Peter watch Barlow... isn't
0: like a eight million pound watch. No,
1: no, and this guy is not an eight million pound man.
0: No, his name's Rufus. For goodness' sake,
1: Rufus Donahue, by the way.
0: Rufus Donahue, that sort of oh, Donoghue is not a Houndstooth. <laughs> yeah, Houndstooth, Houndstooth is, is so design. much better. Mm-hmm.
1: Houndstooth is so much better, especially since he's in the fashion business. Because you could
0: claim that. You invented the Houndstooth design. Or, th- or
1: that it was your grandfather, or mm-hmm. your great-grandfather even. Yeah, Rufus Houndstooth is much better than Rufus Donahue, but oh. I know it's going to annoy or confuse people, so I figured we'd better at least acknowledge that his name's not really Rufus Houndstooth.
0: I thought we aimed to annoy or confuse people. <laughs> I thought that's why we do this, isn't it? Because <laughs> I in for the money. Anyway.
1: Unless someone wants to pay us in coffee <laughs>
0: which, is always, our, which is always welcome
1: and buy our merch because we know one person <laughs> has our faces in their cupboard a
0: couple of people have t-shirts do they? Mm-hmm. yeah they've got sent photographs of them
1: oh there was that one guy but I thought that was the t-shirt that he made
0: no that was ours I oh. think I think and it was so long ago anyway oh, no. that was the week that was Coronation Street yes. tell me Helen what was your moment of the week?
1: Devon Addy with the putt-putt carpet. <laughs> and the fact that Addy was able to get the ball in the little cup. And that just crushed Dev. And <laughs> Addie laying some truth bombs mm-hmm. on the Deathster, It was great. It was great. That whole scene just charmed me so much. And just, it's these brief shining moments that remind me why I like this show.
0: There we go. Praise indeed. That is our
1: moment of the week. Our moment of the week.
0: Our boring moment of the week.
1: Rufus being deplorable for the hundredth time.
0: It was a bit too much, I think.
1: It was way too much.
0: (sighs) Yeah, and it did become boring.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, we get it. This guy is a sexist prick.
0: Mm -hmm. He's the he's the fashion industry guy from the eighties,
1: right? And
0: that surely is replaced by now yeah surely tell me that this guy is replaced by now yeah yeah how is this guy successful when he's like this right and i'm meeting with people that he doesn't know
1: right yeah this is what he's like
0: with people that he doesn't know
1: in fashion seriously he would not get very far at all i would imagine considering that fashion is predominantly run by women and gay men
0: i'm not sure that it was Necessarily boring, but it, it got in, to be it boring. Infuriated me so much. I'm, I'm it, going to say it. It was.
1: It got to be boring because it got overused.
0: Thrifters, I'm sorry. It was your first week in the show, but yeah, we're getting better lines in Torchwood. I think that's our boring moment of the week. And I never watched Torchwood, so I don't know if that means anything.
1: Remember, we watched. You watched one episode with me, and it was the one where the alien was having sex with somebody and like on top of a washing machine or something and you're like yep nope i'm done
0: that does sound like something i would say yeah oh well
1: because torchwood was much more sexy than doctor who because of what's his name to believe that guy that you hate who's scottish and also american
0: oh john barnerman yeah i can't stand him if you can't stand you don't like John a Barnum lot of <laughs>
1: scottish men
0: right and and you can join my club we're the talk of the street at <laughs> gmail.com and we're at Quarry podcast on twitter facebook and instagram you can check me and helen a coffee by heading to ko ko-fi.com. that's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street check out the clicky clicky section of vogel.co.uk please. for links to merch and youtube channel and if you're so inclined please leave a rating and a review on the itunes or your podcast provider of choice Thanks for making it to the end of another episode, and we will be back next week with more. I talk, talk of the street. Bye. Cheerio.